Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is Global Impact Visionary Leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome, everybody. It's um, an honor to touch your heart today and share a message that I'm very passionate about right now. And I've been studying the ego for more than a decade. And today I'm going to introduce you to the stages, basically the evolution of the ego. This is my new book that's coming out. It's launching virtually on January 31st. And it will be it'll be on Amazon and available on all the online bookstores. But this particular book came flying through my fingers. So I'll tell you a little bit about the story and I'm going to share. There's 10 stages of evolution. I'm going to share at least two or three of them with you so you can get a glimpse into the inner and outer workings of the ego. And my intention with this show, Life by Divine, is all about removing all the blocks to love, all the obstacles that prevent you from really truly living life by divine. And that includes unwinding the mind. It includes reprogramming our conditioned fear-based software that's been downloaded in our, in our minds from, from the get-go, from, from the start. Sometimes even in utero, for a lot of people, the programming begins, the moment conception begins. And the challenge is in each moment is to recognize and become aware of how this fear-based programming is influencing and impacting your life. The challenge is that the ego is a very clever, tricksy, ever-evolving, adaptable ship, ship changer that is determined to keep you safe and protected. So there is purpose to the ego until one day there's not. The challenge is that the one day when there's no longer purpose to us believing or buying into or, or, or feeling connected to our ego, the moment we realize that we no longer need the ego the way it's been operating for us, it evolves. It's determined to survive. And it requires our belief in it in order to survive. Today, I'm going to talk about the evolution of the ego and how I can't, I can't share it all, but I'm going to share as much as I can. And the next week, what I want to do is talk about the different ego disguises, the different ego personas. And so I'm going to give you kind of glimpses each week and sneak peek into the book so that you can have an understanding and start to actually look at how your ego is currently influencing and impacting your life. I've talked in previous episodes, I've shared the idea of two teachers in our mind. There's ego, which is this, the teacher of fear 
And the ego is not just the teacher of fear. The ego is a master teacher of fear. It knows the ins and outs of fear. It knows anything and everything you can ever imagine about fear. The ego does not know love. It only knows fear. The other teacher in our minds is spirit. And, you know, we talk about it in the mind. It's a choice we make to choose spirit as our teacher and spirit is our teacher of love. And you don't have to use the word spirit. You can use a different word. I just happen to use the word spirit as my teacher. Now, in truth, the teacher of love isn't really in our mind. It's actually in our heart. It's that knowing in our heart that we can connect with and feel that bridge to our spirit, our soul, to God, to the universe, to our source. When I speak about it, and all of the lessons that I teach and, and all of the, the tools that I bring in, what I'm really doing is, is creating an understanding at the level of the mind, because we need to create an understanding at the level of the mind in order for the mind to let go of all the attachments and let go of all the fear and let go of all the clinging and clenching and holding on and beliefs and thoughts that, that you think are true we need to create an understanding at the level of the mind, just enough of an understanding to open the mind to another perspective, to open the door. Just a crack is enough to actually get in there and start to unwind and unschool, unlearn, unprogram everything. So it's a process of kind of undoing everything that we learned and realigning with the truth of who we are. Now, a lot of people would teach the ego as, you know, uh, the enemy. And the ego is not the enemy. Again, the ego is, is, is something we created and something that has been purposeful and, and has allowed us to actually have this human experience, to embody our humanness and, and believe in our humanness and experience the humanness. It's, it's been very purposeful. Now that we're, many of us are transcending and awakening, the ego is threatened by that. It's very threatened by that. The more we align with the truth of who we are, the less we will believe that we are these separate bodies having these separate experiences and this being this separate ego self. So there's our ego self or our lower self, and then there's our soul or our higher self, our spirit. Many different ways you can look at it. Our belief that we're separate, our belief that we are these human bodies only, and our belief in separation is actually the most painful thing right now for us. When we remember our oneness, when we remember the truth of who we are, when we remember and realign with the clear intuitive channel, the spirit that we are, the love that we are, that is a beautiful awakening on one level. And then in a way it's a bit of uh, a death of the ego or uh dissolving of the ego. So as we awaken this, the 
ego goes through these stages of evolution. And after studying the ego for more than a decade, I started to really see these patterns or these cycles that my clients would go through and myself and my clients would go through. And as I was recognizing the similarities and the commonalities, I started to name the stages of the ego evolution to help people create, again, that understanding at the level of the mind. When we create a level at the understand, uh, understanding at the level of the mind, we can open the mind and align with the heart. As long as we think we know, as long as we believe we already know, then the mind is closed. So the invitation today and always as you're listening to, to these episodes is for you to try on, be open, be curious, to try on another perspective. So the offering would be to forgive everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know. Imagine you could offer all of that over onto a beautiful plate and ask spirit, your teacher of love, to hold it for you. Please hold this. I think I know, but I may not. I'm open to maybe the fact that I don't know. The, the most closed mind is actually someone who thinks they know what they don't know. Did you get that? Someone who thinks they know what they don't know. That's the most closed mind. So when we're, when we're open to another perspective and we're going to try on something different to create an understanding at the level of the mind, and we don't want our preconceived beliefs and ideas and thoughts to interfere with being open to here, we can offer over everything we think we know and everything we think we don't know. And that's just an emptying of the mind. It's an intention to open the mind, to be curious, to be open, to see and try on a different perspective. Now, I give you full permission to, to, to empty the mind of everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know. And after the episode, if you really want to, you can pick it all back up and throw it all back up in there in your mind. But just for this next hour, are you willing to surrender everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know? As we look at the ego, when we look at the, the I, the self, the little self the, with a small s, we are these separate human beings. And in a way, it's true. We are these individual expressions and unique selves walking around having these unique human experiences. And that's essential. That's part of our, 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 it's part of what we signed up for. Let's say it that way. And when we believe we are just our human self, we're so limited because everything then gets filtered through our human mind. And everything that gets filtered through our human mind is actually filtered through all of the beliefs and thoughts and programming that we received growing up. If we are going to evolve from living life by default and life by design into living life by divine, we need to really surrender the thinking mind and let the mind shift and take its rightful position in the passenger seat and move the heart and let our spirit lead the way. Let our spirit and our heart drive. 
when we lead with the heart, when we allow that guidance to come through us and guide us, we're actually tapping into an infinite wisdom. We're tapping into a a vast perspective that goes beyond what our human eyes can see and our human mind can even conceive. It's a knowing that goes beyond logic and reason. It's a knowing that is in the heart space. It's programmed there. It's, it's, it's our beautiful connection, our bridge to our soul, to our spirit, to God. And when we operate from that place, the guidance that comes through from that beautiful heart space is actually serving everyone, everywhere, all together, all at once. You're included in that. It's serving you as your human self. It's serving you as your spirit, your soul. It's serving all of us everywhere, all together. It's serving oneness. It's living oneness. So how do we get from these separate selves to living oneness? How do we unwind believing that we're these ego selves and all of our attachments to those things being, being us being separate from each other. And then at the same time as embodying our divinity, how do we embrace our humanness and embody our divinity? That's really what life by divine is. So if we were all just going to awaken and become enlightened and remain enlightened, then, then chances are we're probably done our work here. Most of us have a gradual awakening and we have these pockets of remembering the truth of who we are, which changes who we are at the core of our being and how we are as a human. That allows us to actually transcend our humanness, but then we need to come back and embody our humanness. We can't just go beyond it and, and that's it. We're still, we still have these human bodies for a reason. We still have these human earth suits for a reason. So there's purpose to the ego. The challenge is, is when, when the ego, the, the ego starts to really create that fear-based programming and magnifies it in a way that paralyzes us or keeps us stuck or keeps us confused or actually hijacks our lives completely, parts of our lives or all of our lives. That's when we actually feel like we can't quite move, we can't quite get out of where we are and or we keep cycling back around doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for different results. And even if we're trying different things, we're not quite getting to the root of it because we don't realize that the ego has evolved and it's actually infiltrating the, the spirituality piece or infiltrating in a, in a way that actually it's, it's actually pretending to be love. The ego comes to a point where it actually disguises itself as, as love. So it's fear disguised as love, fear disguised as caring. Fear disguised as spirituality. That's how clever and tricksy the ego is. So as I share the stages, there's I'll share a few of them and kind of go deep into them because I want to help you identify some of the more common ones. 
And then you can start to practice that this week and see how are, how is the ego showing up for me? How is that true for me? And am I, is my ego in that stage of evolution for me? And the next week I can share the ego personas, the actual personality disguises that it takes on. And what, that's going to be a real eye opener for you. So I wanted to introduce you slowly into this first and then look at how the ego disguises itself. And then we can actually really break it down and start to look more closely at how the ego is influencing you and then give you some tools to help you unwind. Awareness is the first key. So as you're creating awareness, be open, be curious, be aware, don't be attached, don't judge. Judgment is just going to add the, the ego loves judgment. The ego, it's a favorite thing that the ego does. So you can accept, oh, here's my ego coming in and this is, this is the angle it's taking and it's okay. Just, just, it's okay. It's okay. But the beautiful thing is that you have awareness. So then the shift can happen. The, the change can happen when we have awareness. Awareness is the first key to change. Acceptance is the second one. You need to accept. You need to make peace with. It's okay. The ego is just desperate to survive and it's desperate to keep you safe. It's de desperate to keep you playing small. So let's look at some of the, the stages. The everyday ego, that's the first stage that pretty much everybody has been in or is in. So when we look at life by default, remember 80 to 85% of the population is living life by default. They're asleep at the wheel. They don't realize that they're more than just a human being. They're actually a spiritual being having a human experience. They don't realize that. They don't see that there's something bigger than, than, than what they think life is all about. There's something bigger playing out. So the everyday ego thrives with people that are living life by default. It loves people that are living life by default. It thrives there. And it has no issues using fear based programming. It has no issues creating reactions and making people think that life is happening to them. They feel like a victim of, of circumstances. The everyday ego is, is the most common ego you will see. It's the one that ruled the very beginning of my life for a long time without me even realizing it. So most people don't realize it. Once you start to realize it, once you wake up, the everyday ego will still come in that way. It'll still kind of continue to try and keep that angle. But once you become wise to it, it needs to evolve and, sh evolve and shift. So with the everyday ego, it's your teacher of fear. It's in those moments where you something happens and it kind of, it's like a little devil on your shoulder going, oh, you're not going to let them treat you that way. Are you, you really shouldn't let them do that. And then the next moment it'll say, you know, you're really not good enough for this. You shouldn't be doing this. This is way out of your league. What are you doing? Why are you with these people? So the everyday ego is some, is a, it's like having a, a little voice on your shoulder or in your ears that will encourage you and discourage you all at the same time. That will cheer you on and push you down at the same time. It's, It'll lift you up only to knock you down. So the everyday ego is one that, that will drive you and motivate you and 
make you strive to reach for something. And then once you actually get there, we'll say, well, that wasn't really good enough. You could do better next time. So there's never a real celebration. There's never real honoring. There's, there's an always like a striving. There's always an underlying tone of not enough or not good enough. And it really is trying to keep you playing small because as long as you're playing small, you're safe. You're not taking big risks. At the same time, if you're really driven and motivated, the ego will kind of come along. The everyday ego will come along and go, yeah, you can do it. Let's, let's, let's make this happen. And it'll cheer you on. And then when you get there, when you actually achieve the goal or you, you, you reach the, the, the final, you know, the finish line, it'll be like, okay, on to the next. So there's no moment of celebration. There's no honoring. There's no like dig. You did a good job. Or once you reach that, the bar it's set, it will actually raise the bar. And then you're reaching and reaching and reaching and never achieving. So there's a real chase that comes in with the everyday ego. You're chasing something or you're feeling like something's missing or you're always feeling inadequate, not good enough. And it really thrives in that kind of low self-esteem, low self-worth environment. Although the everyday ego doesn't have to be so victim mentality stuck in life is happening to me. It can actually use that power and manipulate the power to, to manipulate people. So the everyday, everyday ego is also uh, possible to get angry. The everyday ego can, can be a, a peacock with its tail feathers all fluffed, fluffed out and making itself look big and powerful and manipulating people. The everyday ego can also be very loud and proud and make other people feel bad. So the everyday ego likes to puff itself up and make itself look good while it makes other people feel bad and look bad. So there's a, there's a whole range of everyday ego personas. And next week, I'm going to go into the the actual specific persona, personas and the names of them. And when we start to name the common ones, you'll actually go, oh yeah, okay. Oh, I got that one too. And I have that one too. And like, oh man, I so can see that one in my life or someone else's life. So as we break down the everyday ego, it's a big category. In my book, I think I, I don't even, I, there's probably like 40 ego personas disguises that, I, that I've shared and kind of described. So the everyday ego is a big category and it's where most people are in their life right now. When I first woke up, my first awakening, so when I was living life by default, I lived life by default for the first part of my life, a big chunk of my life. And I, even with my gift as an intuitive healer, I didn't understand it. And it was very painful to be in any environment because I would feel people's emotional pain. I would feel their physical pain in my body as if it was mine. So I did everything I could to numb it out, to deny it, to, to get rid of it, to try and forget about it. And it, nothing worked. Nothing worked because eventually everything came back around. So my everyday ego was very supportive for me in the addictions, the alcohol, the, the anorexia, the bulimia, all of that. My everyday ego was my constant companion and a nasty, nasty voice in my mind. The everyday ego for me was 
my biggest critic and remained my biggest critic, like cruel, mean, like things that my, I, even in my books, I've shared a few things that my everyday ego would say to me, but I even candy coated those. It, it, the meanest possible thing you can imagine times it by 10, that was my everyday ego. That was the voice in my head convincing me that I might as well be dead, that my, I'm worthless and my life is worth nothing and I'm just a waste of space. The everyday ego for me was torture growing up. And when I started to wake up, the, the book that actually woke me up, like, uh, like opened the door crack was The Celestine Prophecy. And I remember reading it and kind of going, oh, wait a minute. There's more to life than what I'm seeing. It was like someone just opened a crack in my mind. And from there, it's like what that, that was the first kind of, it wasn't even a self-help book or personal development book, but that was the first book that, that, that drove me to like seek other books to, it just, it woke up my inner seeker of truth with a capital T. And that's where it all shifted for me. That's where my journey began to, in my awakening. Before that, I was so asleep at the wheel, like completely asleep at the wheel and living life by default. As I started to shift living life by design, realizing that actually I'm, I'm a little bit more of a, a control, I have a bit more control over how my reality plays out and, and my thoughts and my beliefs are actually leading to more of the outcome. So it's more a cause and effect. Then I started to really get wiser to the everyday ego. I started to really listen to those thoughts and change those thoughts. And I started to reprogram my mind and, and challenge the thoughts that jumped, that entered my mind. I remember someone said to me once, you don't have to believe every thought that comes into your head. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Oh my God. It was like, someone just like gave me full permission in a way that I've never felt before to, to not believe everything that came into my head. Because prior to that, I believed my everyday ego. I believed every single word because it was very convincing, very mean and very bullying and very convincing, dominating. As I started to unwind from that, that's exactly when the everyday ego began to shift and evolve. So if someone stays in life, living life by default, the everyday ego will actually stay living and being that way. Because it has no need to evolve. It has no need to shift. When we start to wake up, when there's a crack in the mind that opens us up, and I know many of you that are listening to this have already gone through this, but I'm, I'm sharing this for you to, to see it for others, to, to see it in others, to witness it. When we start to wake up, the ego must evolve because we become wise to its tricks or we start to, even if it's conscious or subconscious, we start to change the way we see life. We start to change the lens that we're looking through and the tricks and the antics and the things that the ego used before all the fear-based stuff isn't working anymore. So it needs to evolve. I'm going to, I'm going to take a short break and then I'm going to share a couple more of the stages and tell you a little bit more about how you can continue to be aware of your own ego evolution. And I'm excited to share my new book. The book is called The Evolution of the Ego. 
how to uh, a journey to unwind your ego, embrace your humanness and embody your divinity. And it will be launching on January 31st, officially launching on Amazon January 31st. I'm going to have a virtual book launch. So I'm going to invite you to join me at my, on my website, heartledliving.com and look for the book, or you can join me on Facebook at our Heart Yes Movement page, our group, and we will be celebrating the virtual lunch and I'll be sharing some videos and different things that day. And, and then if you're in the lower mainland of Vancouver, then I will be doing a book signing before I head back to Turks and Caicos. And the book signing will be on February 2nd. Yeah, Saturday the 2nd at Whitby's bookstore in White Rock on the beach. Basically, it's right off the beach on the strip. And I look forward to seeing some of you in person. If you feel inspired to come that day, it's between 2 and 4 p.m. So I'm going to share some more after the break. We're going to take a short break, and I'm excited to be here with you sharing these stages of the evolution of your ego. We'll talk soon. one-of-a-kind sacred transformational experience that is infused with high vibrational healing energy and personalized guidance and insight. Receive a one-on-one live private intuitive healing experience with Sue as she follows her guidance and delivers exactly what you need in the moment, leaving a lasting imprint. During this private healing experience, Sue draws on a multitude of gifts, skills, channeled healing, coaching, and mind-body-soul insights, a divinely downloaded transmission specifically for you. Whether you have questions about your health, relationships, career, or wish to receive a message from a loved one who passed, or you need a soul retrieval, or support clearing a block or a blind spot, this one-on-one private intuitive healing experience with Sue will transform you. To learn more and to book a divine appointment with Sue, visit heartledliving.com forward slash intuitive healing. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I'm your host, Sue Dumay. Today we've been exploring the stages of the ego evolution, the evolution of the ego, and I was talking about the everyday ego just before we took a break. I'm going to dive into a couple more other ones that I really want you to understand. And and there's some that I actually need to almost do like a whole show on. I can actually do like a whole year on (laughs) one or two of them for sure. But I want to share as many as I can with you today. And they're all actually described and, and outlined in my new book, The Evolution of the Ego, which is launching January 31st. I'm really excited. This book just, uh, it was interesting how this book came through because I wasn't planning to write a book. 
I had just written Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, and that one launched last February, January, February. And I had, I, I always knew there's, there's more books in me. I know that. I definitely feel like I'm just, I'm just a writer. That, that's just my nature. When I came back from Machu Picchu, I did a spirit, I led a spiritual pilgrimage in Machu Picchu in November. And then I went right from Machu Picchu to Turks and Caicos. And I landed there and was processing everything that happened on that, that journey. And within 24 hours, I, I literally was pushed out of bed, of course, four or so in the morning. And that's generally when I do my writing. And my fingers went onto the keyboard of my laptop and just started typing. And out came the full outline for this book. The, the title came right away. All my other books, the titles actually came after the fact. The title came right away. The chapter titles came and the subtitles and all of the, the things that I was going to write about. It literally was a, just poured out of my fingers onto the pages of my laptop. I was surprised. I'm like, oh, apparently I'm writing a book. And it was beautiful because I actually had two or three weeks in Turks and Caicos on my own without my family before my husband came down. And it was perfect for me to start writing. And it just came pouring through. This book was different. Every other book I wrote, I would do sound bites where it would kind of keep me guessing a little bit, or I would jump around. I would do a little bit of chapter one, and then I'd write a little bit of chapter six because I had usually an outline to go with. But this particular book, The Evolution of the Ego, I literally wrote the very first word, the, to the very last word of the book from start to finish. It came out from the beginning right to the end. It was a very unique experience. And as I was writing it, this one wasn't as emotional in the way of like kind of processing my own emotional stuff. It was actually very light and playful and kind of fun to write. And not that the content is really light and playful for people that read it, because when you actually realize what your ego has been doing and how it's actually uh, infiltrating your life in a way that you thought was loving is actually ego in disguise. It's, it's actually a bit of a, it, it's a little it can be a little disheartening. It can feel like a little bit of a punch in the stomach. But for me writing it, it was very exciting. It was very easy. It was flowing. And it actually was kind of playful, especially when I get into the ego personalities and the, the disguises and describing them like Betty Blah and, and Doubting Debbie and stuff. It, it, it was really fun for me to get in and, and kind of characterize those, those egos and paint a picture of them for you. So this book was so different than my other books. And it's interesting because I sometimes I have to kind of pinch myself and realize this is my sixth book, writing my sixth book. And I know there's more. I know <laughs> I'll be writing more books. But I love being a channel for these books because they're such a divine message for these divine shifting times. The messages that are coming through, like, Every time I say, oh, my new book is called The Evolution of the Ego, everyone's like, oh my God, we need that book right now. Like I need that book or, oh yeah, the humanity needs this book. And, and it's so true. My intention with this show, Life by Divine, is to help you remove all the blocks that are keeping you from embracing your humanness and embodying your divinity allowing that divine nature, that divine force to work through you as you, and that's living oneness. 
Now, the, I, I can talk about living oneness. I can teach about living oneness. I can share experiences of me living oneness. I can share experiences of, of oneness that I've had and other people have had. But we, we can't get there. You won't be able to get there unless we remove all the blocks or the things that are actually keeping us from experiencing that. So it's a process of kind of unwinding and breaking down the layers and, and cracking the foundation that we've been standing on, which is fear-based and creating a new foundation, which is truth. And everything I share in, in this episode, in my books, um, on all the platforms I do within my community, everything is about pointing to something for you. I'm pointing you in a direction that will help you unwind the mind and align with the remembering of the truth of who you are. The challenge is not everybody needs to hear the same thing. So if I was just talking about living oneness and living life by divine all the time and talking spiritual language and holding that in, in all the content that I'm sharing most people that are living life by default or life by design wouldn't necessarily listen and hear what I'm saying. So that's why I believe I've been guided to write, you know, stand up, stand out, stand strong. I was talking about judgment and projection. And it's like anybody can relate to that, that topic. Anybody can relate to those, those ideas and those concepts. And it's a gradual kind of taking people from fear and judgment, the programmed kind of way we are in life, the default way we're in life, and the ego infiltrated way we are in life into an experience of oneness. That's my intention. That's the journey. So for some of you, you'll get there pretty quick and you're already almost there, or some of you had even experiences of it already. And I'm just reminding you and helping you remember. And for others, this will be like totally new and a big, and a big stretch. And I want to be there to service as many people as possible. I'm not here to, 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 I'm not saying my message is going to resonate with everybody, but those that it resonates with and those that it lands with are the ones that are meant to hear it right now. And those are the ones I'm speaking to. And those are the ones that I'm feeling a yes to move toward and to support and to hold their hand and say, okay, come this way. I've built this bridge. I know how to get you across. Let me show you the way. Come with me. Let me guide you. Let me guide you at least part of the way, if not all the way. Well, that's my intention with, with this show and with everything I'm doing. So let's look at the evolution of the ego. So once, you're, once you are aware of the everyday ego, that ego needs to change. So my everyday ego went to the hide-and-seek ego. From everyday ego to hide and seek ego. Now, these aren't like, it's not like you'll go from one stage to the next in order. It, the ego can jump around and it'll do whatever it needs to do. It'll take on whatever evolution stage it needs to in order to keep influencing you with fear. Mine went to hide and seek because I started to really be aware of it and really listen and really watch my thoughts and really practice awareness, like present moment awareness and present moment hindsight. And it was, it just had no place to hide. So it started to hide 
it found a place to hide. So that's why I call the hide and seek ego. I remember being in my yoga studio. I had a mind body studio in Vancouver for seven years and I was teaching yoga for fertility classes and doing pre and postnatal support for, for women as they moved into motherhood. And one time I was meditating early on in, when I had my studio, I was meditating and I was sitting in the middle of the studio waiting and I had some time before my classes started. And I felt this deep peace and this calm in my mind. It was quite lovely because prior to that, I taught about space in my mind, but I never experienced space in my mind. It, I had the craziest mind. Like I told you, my everyday ego was like full on craziness in my head. So when I, when I got to those, that time where I started to really find that space and that calm in the mind, it was so beautiful and, and soothing. So I would bathe in that for a while as well, as long as I could. And one time I was sitting there in the studio and I heard the words, you're wasting your time. And I literally, it sounded like someone was coming from behind me saying that behind me. So I turned around, I opened my eyes and I already looked around the studio. There was nobody there. I was by myself. I closed my eyes and I turned back in quiet breathing. And all of a sudden I hear, you really should be doing something. And I'm like, <laughs> there's some, like, I swear there's a voice coming from behind me. There was nobody there. So I turned my awareness inward and I set an intention to reveal, to heal, to, for spirit, my inner spirit, to show me who, where, where was this voice coming from and what, what, what do I need to see? And I, I got this picture of this beautiful, big field and this beautiful tree in the middle of the field and the sun was shining and the clouds were parted. The, the, the sky was blue. It was just beautiful, big puffy clouds in the sky. And I was watching the field and feeling this peace and feeling this like contentment. And then I hear the voice again. There's nothing to see here, whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what it said. And I'm like, what is that? I'm willing to see. I'm willing to, to, to know. And I stayed patient. I stayed within. I kept my awareness inward. I kept having, holding that vision and looking at the tree. And all of a sudden the, the ego pops out and says something. And I'm like, oh, you sneaky little bugger hiding behind the tree, popping out, telling me I'm an idiot and then hiding behind the tree and me not knowing where that voice came from. I started to see the hide and seek ego at that point. And I started to see it in other people too. So I started to be able to discern it and I've become very attuned to the subtle nature of the ego because the hide and seek ego can be very clever and sneaky and hide in ways that people don't realize. So even hides in the physical body as pain and discomfort. So it'll actually project the pain in an area of your body and, and it keeps you kind of consumed with the pain. So you don't actually look at what's underneath the pain and, and what, what, it's actually teaching you. And, and if you actually follow it back, you actually realize it's actually the hide and seek ego using pain as a, a way to project and mask and keep hidden from you, from your awareness. So the hide and seek ego can be very clever, not as clever as the tricksy ego. Now the tricksy ego will, will use many, many different tricks. It's got many tricks up his sleeve and the one I, I want to kind of shift to a little bit is the spiritual ego for a second. And the spiritual ego is one of the most challenging egos to unwind from. It is the one of the most challenging egos to identify. And 
chances are you won't be able to necessarily completely identify it yourself. You'll probably get glimpses of it and see and sense it, but to totally see its its agenda and see how it's actually really infiltrated your spiritual practice, chances are you're going to need someone else to help you see it. Now, it took me a year to unwind from my spiritual ego, and I did that through my ministry training when I went through to become a reverend, an ordained minister, the, through the ministry training and my, my guide, my beautiful guide that helped facilitate the courses with me. She was very courageous and very brave and was poking and prodding at my spiritual ego. And I was defensive and I was like, that's not true. And that's not right. And I was fighting to be right. And my ego's defenses were all up and I could feel it every time she poked at it. I'm just like, I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying but there's everything inside of me that says you're wrong. And I knew as soon as I'm fighting to be right, I know the ego's there. So, and I felt this real superiority, like I know better, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, it's in there, it's there. I feel it, I know it, but I was so ready to defend. So the spiritual ego is is a very disguised, well-disguised ego. It'll actually disguise itself as as spiritual it'll disguise itself as love and it convinces us that we're actually being of service that we're serving humanity and really it's it's serving itself the ego is serving itself it's serving fear the spiritual ego is is one that's very tricksy to identify and there's a lot of times where you may actually have an experience where you're listening to someone speak or you're seeing someone on stage and what they're saying feel like it sounds good and, and it makes sense, but then there's something that feels off. There's something that it feels like there's just some weird kind of odd feeling about it. Sometimes it's a niggling, like a scratch. You can't quite itch. Sometimes it's very subtle. And then other times the spiritual ego is actually very obvious and very outwardly manipulative and harmful. And you'll actually get kind of creepy heebie-jeebie feeling. This, the obvious spiritual ego is one that you can really kind of feel the red flags around and the warning signals. And most people will actually go the other way unless they get caught up in it. And this is where the cults, cults come in and the cult nature comes in. And this is where a lot of spiritual teachers that get hijacked by the spiritual ego will actually end up doing more harm. And this is, I, I don't know enough about the story of the, the John of God stuff because I haven't been guided to, to explore it more, but I know that he's been accused of abusing women using his, his gift. And, and that's an example. If that's true and if those accusations are true, like I said, I haven't gone into reading more about it and finding out more about it, but that, that would be an example of the spiritual ego, the, the dark kind of shadow using the light to abuse or harm others intentionally or unintentionally. And, and the thing with the spiritual ego is it really gets in the mind and hijacks us and, and can really kind of take over and it, and it can be gradual. It's like a like a manipulation that happens. And this is really common in, in, in cults as well, or in with spiritual gurus who have kind of taken this spiritual ego 
in 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 kind of kind of come into play that people will really feel manipulated but it's it's spiritual manipulation so it's challenging to identify and it sounds right it sounds good it sounds loving but something feels off underneath it i've become very highly attuned to the subtle nature and energy of fear and the subtle energy and nature of the ego. So I can actually, can someone's talking, I'm like, something feels off. I can feel it. And, and it can be sometimes just a little niggling. And as we explore it, then we can kind of follow it back and, and identify how the ego is taking hijacking or, or disguising itself as love in, in what they're doing or saying. So that's part of my gift. And at the same time as, as much as I can do it for others, I need someone to point it out for me because that's how clever the spiritual ego is. So I, I do my best to keep it in check myself. And anytime you feel, this is one way you can identify it. Anytime you feel superior over another or they, or you judge them as inferior, then you know, your spiritual ego is in there. It's a guarantee. Your spiritual ego is in there somewhere. So there are little key points that I share in the book that can kind of become these little flags for you to watch for and to identify so that you can actually stay on it for yourself. But this process of evolution is, is really, really common. And we come to the point where, where ultimately our, our intention is to actually allow the ego to dissolve, where we can embrace our humanness, embody our divinity, but not be led by, by fear. So we still have a personality. It's just our personality is not driven by fear. It's actually driven by love and that life by divine, that, that beautiful force that works through us. So the ego becomes dissolved. Now, even in the dissolved ego stage, it will still wait in the wind, hide, and wait for an opportunity, wait for a point of weakness. It'll, it'll take any opportunity it can to come back in and infiltrate your life again with fear. So even in the dissolved ego phase of the evolution, there is always a potential for it to come back in. So we are always aware and keeping ourselves in check and making sure that we are in alignment with love and that it's true alignment, that it's authentic. So that gives you a little bit of an introduction to the evolution of the ego. It gives you a little idea of how the ego loves to use its nature, the shift, the shift changer that it is, the, the adapter, the clever, tricksy, sneaky, even stealth-like sometimes nature of the ego this will help you understand a little bit about how the ego is coming into your life and using your life to be the teacher of fear, to extend fear in the world, to add to the already fear-filled world. That's what's happening. Now, we're all being called to awaken right now. So it's very, very, very challenging to remain living life by default. So those people that are living life by default are suffering and having a lot of pain and are really struggling. So we can have compassion. So, cause otherwise the spiritual ego would come in and go and judge them as wrong. They should be awake. I'm awake. They're not awake. That's all. That's all spiritual ego. 
we can have compassion for those people that are still asleep. We can meet them with love. We can, if we're guided to, only if we're guided to, because that's serving. If we're not guided to, then we're trying to help or fix and change, and that's not serving. If it's clear guided, clearly guided, then we extend our hand and we reach out and we offer support. And if it's not, then we just see them as capable. We see them as, as, as the truth about the truth of who they are, which is they're not their ego. None of us are. We are divine beings. And we're having this human experience and it's challenging to have a human experience. And we get lost in the human experience. We get lost in the dark. We buy into the ego. We get lost in the ego's fear-based programming. And we believe it. A lot of people believe it for a long, long time. So it takes time to unwind. It takes patience. It takes love. And it takes compassion. So be compassionate towards yourself, your own ego. Be compassionate towards others and their ego. And just know that there are tools that you can use to help yourself, support yourself, and at the same time, support others. I am going to be sharing more about my book. And as you move along, if you're interested in joining the virtual book launch, again, you can join me at heartledliving.com and, and look up the book, the new book page, or you can go to Heart Yes Movement on Facebook and you can join me there. And once you get to that point, we can join together and I'll be sharing the virtual launch with you through Amazon on January 31st and sharing some more messages on that day with all of you as we launch this beautiful book, this beautiful gift for humanity. And my intention is to help everybody unwind their ego, embrace their humanness and embody their divinity one heart at a time. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. I see the truth of who you are. And I love you. And I'm excited to be here with you and sharing my life with you, sharing this message that comes through. And I hope that it actually sparks something in you that allows you to remember the truth of who you are. Until next time, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.